and thank you for joining us for another episode of Dice Advice. We're a tabletop and RPG podcast where we take your questions, quandaries, tales of valor and debauchery, and we digest them and bring them back to you. And I've got to say, it feels good to be back in this seat. Thank you guys for taking care of me during my absence. How's it been hanging? How'd the, how'd the kingdom fare? Everything's better. You were a shitty, shitty ruler. <laughs> I, I was a little worried. I heard Harry's uh, I heard Harry's intro and I was like, God damn, that was good. Yeah, we almost voted to kick you off the island. I sent him a, a fax that indicated that he might have a job interview in Langley, Virginia. Um, so he's he's actually there for tonight. You guys won't hear him. He's just standing uh, on the rooftop of his uh, apartment building with a duffel bag waiting for them to come pick him up in a helicopter. Exactly like that. He's never he's <laughs> he he doesn't have Netflix, so so I, I knew I knew he I'd get away with this one. So we might get uh, one or two episodes without him. That way I can reclaim my <laughs> reclaim my seat of power. Uh what are you guys sipping on? I I just wanted to let everybody know this is gonna be a very laid back episode. I'm chugging down on my blue moon iced coffee blonde tonight. I made myself some homebrewed uh, sweet tea. Nice, nice. I've got this uh, delicious orange and cream sparkling water beverage. Is it bubbly? I was. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got bubbles. It's um, yeah. We're 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 about to have to fight. Uh, what, what what what? Let's let let's get into this. What's the brand? Uh, the Walmart Special. Okay. <sighs> are you t- are you are you literally drinking fucking uh, off brand bubbly right now? If if it's not bubbly, it doesn't matter. Brad. It's not shit. Man, this is fifty cents, and I go through it like crazy. So, if it's not bubbly, it's not shit. <laughs> Look, my wife's upstairs drinking the bubbly. I get what's left over. All right. Okay. We, we works, should we, we should hire Jonathan Goldsmith, the most interesting man in the world, to go. If it's not bubbly, it's not shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they'll forgive us for your your indiscretions. I really want that sponsorship to work out. Man. If Bubbly wants to sponsor us, I mean, I would be happy to drink. I Bubbly. mean, fuck no, I'd take a sponsorship from Blue Moon. Oh God, yeah, but, uh, Bubbly, Bubbly first, Bubbly first. I uh, personally, I am drinking a local brew from my home state of North Carolina, Dirtbag uh, Kolsch. Pretty much nice. like a yeah, a little bit of orange peel in there. Nice, dude. Nice. All right. Yeah, sounds refreshing. All right, sorry guys. Uh, thanks for bearing with us. I'm sitting here waiting for our honeymoon cruise ship, so uh, things are getting a little boring. Uh, they're giving everybody their temperature readings before we can take off, so I figured we had time to fire off a couple of episodes here. And uh, what do you guys think? Time to get into the first question. Do it. Are you really like on a cruise ship right now? No, no, we're just in the foyer. We're we're just sitting here. I mean, I, I got really good audio proof uh, little booth that I built out of a backpack. So I'm sitting here with a backpack over my head. I see. It's very it's uh, portable. Yeah, it's great. I, I built it. <laughs> it only cost it, getting any weird looks. Oh, I can't. I can't see yeah, outside of. I, I can't see outside of it. So possibly. Uh, but so I, when the TSA grabs you up, we'll just hear you scream. They, <laughs> they don't have to put a black bag over your head because you're already there. It's also a very spacious backpack because I can drink beer while I'm in it. So <laughs> at least I Thank got that. Thank you for listening to Dice Advice. Next week, <laughs> tune in for our new host, Saul. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This first question comes to us courtesy of Matt. Is it fair on your players to make all of the characters in a town be immune to all persuasion, deception, intimidation roles? This is what my DM is doing. 
and I got to let you guys know when I first saw this question online, it pissed me off. You went into a rage blackout. <laughs> I I was immediately pissed off, and, and I, I don't want to be first to speak on it, but I I, I think that's I, I might have said my piece already. Well, <laughs> I, I, let's I want to hear what Saul has to say because you know he's our DM most of the time, so I kind of want to get the DM perspective first, and then kind of riff off that. That's cool. Um, I think. Th- thank you, Doc, for introducing me on that. Um, I really <laughs> think the spot. Right? <laughs> No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. No pressure. Just, just give me the damn answer I want to hear, DM. <laughs> you better apologize for this other DM before I lose my shit. <laughs> but um, I really think it depends. There's two elements to this. For example, let's say uh, we have Doc and he's doing these really great, like 19, 25, really high rolls. And I'm just like deflecting him. I'm like, no, that character just sees right through you. Uh, or this character just seems to have some divine you know, and an understanding of what's going around them, you know, it's going to start feeling very uncomfortable to Doc. And if he starts like inquiring what's going on and I then segue it to, oh, they're being supported by magic. I feel like at that point, Doc's going to be like, oh, shit, there's more to the story than to just, you know, auto fails. But if it's just a DM being an asshole, that's just a DM being an asshole. So if it's a narrative reason why the characters are not uh, able to be deceived or unable to be swayed or intimidated, I think that's a good segue into like if the first encounter with the big bad guy. Very, very political answer. I think I love that <laughs> you, you treaded the tea, you treaded ground lightly. I like that. That actually makes a little bit more sense. I, no, I, 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 I totally agree. Absolutely. Like if this, if this DM has a reason, I was coming in hot, but yeah, that kind of makes a little more sense. Maybe this question asker sent it in after that one session and the DM is sitting there wringing his hands like, I can't wait until they see why. And we never got that part, possibly. It shouldn't be two sessions. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. It should it should come in. You should probably find out pretty quickly, right? Or, or you should be there should be a narrative hint. Like I said, I gotcha. if, I, if I'm telling you there seems to be some sort of supernatural reason like Doc you can't understand why they why they're not falling for your deception. Yeah. And I love that. those words. And you don't pick that up that you're not picking it up, but I have right. to give you that those crumbs. And what's so great is like, I, I I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. So like the way you DM, you give us, you give us the juicy bits. Like you give us the hints. And if it's our fault, if we don't pick them up and like, it's only, after I've listened back to a session over like two or three times, you know, uh, editing or what have you that I recognize, Oh shit, I didn't pick that up like in the moment, but now I realize what we need to do. And it's just like, that's a good DM. Like a good DM is, is dropping those hints for you. And in this case, like, I don't, I, I think, there's either it's one or two answers, right? The, either the DM is a dick, which could completely be plausible, which is what I defaulted to. Right. That's <laughs> or, exactly where I was there's, at. There's some underlying reason for it that will only come out as the story progresses, and I think that's probably the more likely of the of the answers. And and Brad and and uh, Jesse, fuck you. You both suck for making think that I'm automatically an asshole. <laughs> 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 yes, because Saul represents all DMs everywhere. As and far so as we, we project of course. onto him. 
I, I, every time I see the hooded character on, uh, you know, just uh, fantasy art in general, I'm like, wonder what shaped glasses that guy's got on underneath that hood. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this actually reminds me of a session. Do you guys remember the Kabul campaign we did? Yeah, yeah. we got to get back. Man, we got to get back into that. That was fun. Yeah, um, I, I think that like was exactly the same thing. Where like I was giving you guys a lot of weird hints and setting you guys up with a lot of crumbs as to why everybody loves you. Everybody's giving you everything. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, at the same time, devil's advocate, you didn't cock block us at any stage. Like when we made good roles, you told us good stuff. You just didn't give us the whole picture. This seems like this seems almost to me like the first one that comes to mind off of this is persuasion as opposed to deception. So like if somebody's trying to persuade them and they're just impervious to that, that's kind of weird. So here's my question on you guys as, as players, actually. So let's say you do a persuasion check, right? Uh, let's say uh, you roll, you want to seduce the, the, the final boss lich, right? Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know, you know me, I'm not really the seducing type bard, but I got you. I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll roll with it. I'll, I'll yes. end. <laughs> Let's pretend, Jesse, that you were trying to persuade that lich not to use power, kill, or fuck you um, on you. And so you're there, you're doing that persuasion, and he goes, you know what? You're right. I don't want to kill you. Uh, I want to make you one of the undead. Like, isn't that still a successful persuasion check? I would say so, yeah. This kind of seems to me, and, and it's not to derail your example, I get what you're saying. But this seems to me like immune is the key word. Like these things mm -hmm. are just not working in a town. Like uh, Brad, where were you at with this? Like you did you you took it the same way I did right off the yeah, bat, right? No, I, I had well, I have two points to make on this. One, making it completely immune, dick move. Just because something, you know, even if the players are rolling really well and it's a success, I mean, you can't walk up as a nobody to the Raven Queen roll, and even if you hit a crit on an intimidation roll. You're not going to make her your bitch. She's still the Raven Queen. You ha There has to be an appropriate response, even within a critical success. And I think this may be, uh, you know, barring what Saul said, uh, uh, maybe even the newer DM doesn't know how to handle these roles or how to roll with the roles. Second point, I forgot. <laughs> you know, Brad, I think that's a really good point, though. I really like that. Like, as a new DM, how do you tactfully tell your players they failed without giving them some sort of dick phrase, so to speak? He's hard to read. I, I think, yeah. I mean, I think he's hard to read is great for, for um, you know, I guess that's more perception. It's not really persuasion. Or, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, even you give them something, insight. but you don't have to give them everything. You know, you don't have mm. to hand them the key to the city, but you can, you know, win some favor in the court. Something like that. Uh, I did remember my second uh, thing. This could also just be a breakdown in communication. If it is the case of what Saul said, I think it's the job of both players and uh, the DM to, you know, have that conversation of, hey, like, why is everything not working? Is there a reason? It's okay if I don't, you know, if you can't tell me what the reason is, but is there a reason? And if that conversation happens, it could open the doors of, uh, you know, everybody understanding what's going on. I gotcha. Yeah. I think another thing also is if you jumped right to intimidation out of those three, 
maybe that's the easiest one to notice something's up. You roll, let's say it was Hagar, uh, our, our tiefling barbarian companion. He rolls an 18 on, uh, on a town's person to intimidate him. He says, you know, he just raises his voice and, and gets super into it, does a great job. And the guy just shrugs it off. I think as a, as a group of characters, we would have a conversation as to what that meant. And knowing our DM, we would probably be able to hear it in his voice. Uh, we'd be able to tell from our DM, you know, if he's got more planned or not. Maybe this person doesn't know their DM that well, I guess. But uh, yeah, I'm, st- I'm still torn. I want to say, too, um, from my perspective, listening to a lot of live actual play podcasts and stuff and listening to some other DMs and how they do things, a lot of people underuse ability checks anyway. Mm-hmm. True. And, and their response for f- successes and failures, I don't think, are always accurate and appropriate to you know how the roles go. So, but, and, and I say that t- to also kind of commend Saul as a DM because he really gives us a lot of um, leeway when, when it comes to ability checks and whether or not we succeed or fail. And, you know, some people uh, can make these like, okay, a, a perception check of two. <laughs> well, you don't even know where you are. Like, okay, that's great. But, you know, Saul really plays in those shades of gray with us when we do ch- like, when we do our ability checks, it's not like a, a, a hard and fast success or fail. Like you see nothing, you know, nothing. If, even if you roll badly, he's going to give you something. And, and I think that's really appropriate. And that's a great way for a DM to help progress the story because we're all trying to have fun. Like it sucks when a DM's playing against you. And I feel like Saul like, really helps us, pl- you know, we're, we're again, we're playing as, we're playing this game together. We're telling a story together and he gives us stuff, you know, he gives us information. He's not holding our hands like little children, but he's, he's giving us enough to, to progress and move forward. And uh, I feel like that's commendable. And and in this case, you know, if this person, this DM is, is uh, making this hard and fast rule. Nope. Well, you know, all your players, can't uh, intimidate or deceive or or persuade at all. You know, tell us why, and just give it. Give us something to go on, like like you guys were saying. I mean, I think that's the really what we're we're all coming down to. Give us a little something, you know, so that we can make a decision, appropriate decision. You know, Doc, I'm gonna be honest with you though. I'm most anxious when you guys are in town. Hmm. Really? I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, <laughs> This, uh, you know, this this talk show should really just be us talking about ourselves playing D anD D because we really well, resort to that a lot. Well, you know it's what? our own personal perspectives. It's no, really yeah, of course. Is, like, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. No, yeah. that's a good, that's a good caveat too. If you if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to Companions Reborn and come back because <laughs> we, it, we this is a this is the first podcast, but we, you know both of them together go a lot better. So uh, generally speak, whenever I'm playing with with a group. Town encounters make me the most anxious because it's the most wild, most range that I have to create when I'm yeah. actually playing with you guys. Um, no I don't know what you guys are going to do. You might want to <laughs> go talk to the smithy. You might want to go and find a side story. You might do a persuasion check. You might do a deception check. You might do a We might just hand. kill all the guards. You might just stab the guards. <laughs> 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 you know, make make some orphans in town. Um <laughs> 
God. Sorry, I broke up there. I didn't hear that last part, but go ahead. Still devastating. <laughs> Still devastating. But I'm, honestly, I hate intimidation check. Yeah. Because they are the most, in my experience as like a person, I found intimidation checks to be most like unreal. That's the quickest way to get into a fight. Try to intimidate somebody. And I mean, if I could just be real for a second, and, and this is kind of going off of the topic ultimately, Absolutely. but that's this that's the theme of the episode. We're getting right, real but this that. is this is a little bit more about gameplay, right? Okay, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> I like the idea of playing the doing the tabletop role playing game in as real the realism most realism as possible and you know try to be as authentic as possible so i don't think it's necessarily authentic for a character and i'm gonna harry might hate me for this but i'm gonna say like this is it this happened in a recent session he's you know we like i want to roll for intimidation or i want to roll for perception Mm -hmm. i personally and 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 Saul, you can give me whatever you know feedback you feel is appropriate but i think like that's not really the most authentic way to go about it i think the most authentic way to do it is say i look at this character and i say this and i do this yes and you know the dm responds by saying well roll this specific check or that specific check and let's see what happens. I think that's the way it should go. Like the character, the player characters should say that, you know, the DM gives you a situation, the player characters decide how they want to react to that situation. And the DM, you know, uh, just gives the parameters, roll this Mm -hmm. check, that check. And, and then we'll see where it goes from there. That's kind of like my little, I would love, I prefer that honestly. And I, if you've noticed, if you guys do that, prior to the roll and i'm giving away something so i apologize Uh oh if you <clears throat> if you guys role play what you say prior to doing it you don't know this but i give you an advantage on that hey nice. drop Aww. the dc a little bit just, I do. Wait, just peek behind the curtain and i'm like <laughs> that does answer like charlie brown question i had because i mean doc kind of what going on what you said i was going to say that you know there would potentially be an issue of like say a player gives like this amazing speech and then rolls a five or something like that but i mean at least if you know like saul said he's lowering dc at least you know you're getting something out of that good role play yeah but that's the thing right like in real life you give your amazing speech, but it's up to chance, and it's yeah. up to that NPC's ability to in, have insight into your speech. Like, and I'm again, I, I hate to say this because Harry's not here, but I think it would <laughs> I was be just awesome. texting him. To let it him know. would be awesome to have this conversation with him because I was listening back to one of the episodes, and I was like, he he wants to roll for intimidation, and I say, well, what are you gonna say? And he goes, well, let's see what the role ends up being. Yeah. <laughs> But I think like that's really not, you know, that's not the best way to look at it. Like no. you should, you should sh- tell us what you're gonna do, and then the role will decide if that's good. And enough. I can counter that though. If you give me a really epic speech and you roll poorly, maybe it's not that you failed intimidation, but this guy's a hardened veteran, and he goes, "Yeah, oh, you think that's intimidating? Well, I've seen the Hellfire in Morador, and." You go, oh, well, no wonder that didn't intimidate you. And then he and shanks you, you with a sharpened spoon. Yeah. <laughs> From his prison. So. Yeah. Well, let me let me curtail this just a hair. We, can we sure. all can we all come to an agreement that 
if this is, let's just say that this, from the player's perspective, mm-hmm. this this had better be some type of supernatural cause for this. There better be oh, a yeah. cause. Oh, if, oh, if, yeah. if this town is, if this town just doesn't work for any charisma based checks, there better be a reason or this DM is garbage, correct? Correct. And it doesn't have to be a supernatural uh, effect on the town. Perhaps the player doesn't know this, but they've actually been cursed by a high ranking wizard or sorcerer. True. Well, actually, Jesse, I do want to. Or maybe the DM is not garbage. I don't want to <laughs> go right for the you know the asshole yeah, call out. Please don't come on Reddit and destroy us. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I mean, it, maybe, uh, but all, the DM could be you know garbage, but the DM could also be inexperienced. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. A bad if reason right, for this decision. So, okay, disclaimer right. to all those guys who are DMs and you're just picking up the Dungeon Master's Guide. You're not garbage. You're inexperienced. You're right. Go you're right. Out. Go and listen to experienced DMs play. Go and think about what you like the best, how people treated you, and incorporate that into your DM style. Hey, here's a good thing. So would you recommend anyone specifically that you should look turn to to get some some pointers from and to mimic and get some experience? I would personally recommend Companions Reborn, where doesn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, amazing job of everything. Yeah, okay, so. of course, like that, uh, undoubtedly. Like, there's also an, we know that there's also an advice podcast. I mean, but I mean, I appreciate the fluffing, guys. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously, I, if if I could throw out a couple, I really love um, Matt Colville has a lot of good mm-hmm. videos on YouTube for for new and inexperienced DMs. I think he's a great resource. People should go check him out. I always love watching Matt Mercer and all all the little oh, videos that he does on YouTube. I was gonna say there's this little underdog guy that I've heard of called Matthew Mercer, and I and and I know I know he's a polarizing figure at the moment because people just love him or love to hate him. But like I really yeah. think he does a great job. I mean, um, as long as you're not comparing yourself to him. God forbid, so, because he yeah, is I mean, a professional voice actor, storyteller, blah, blah, blah. Just gives, it's just giving you more and, tools for your toolbox. Like you don't have to try to mimic someone or to be as, you know, or, no, or, you not know at all. Saying? I just, there are definitely are people who would see Matt Mercer and be like, oh my God, I am never living I'll to that. Never, never even try. Right, I'll never do yeah. that. You guys asked me, who do I look to? Let me yeah. give you an answer. Uh, there are two YouTube channels I follow that I like to listen to a lot. It's the uh, Dungeon Dudes and Nerdarchy. I listen to them a lot. They Nerdarchy. get a lot of good yeah. advice. Nerdarchy. Nerdarchy I've heard of. What's the first yeah. one? Dungeon, oh. Dungeon Dudes. Dungeon Dudes. I'll check them out. So those guys, they're really good. I really enjoy listening to them. They bring up a lot of uh, builds. Uh, they live a lot of like debating what's your best spells, what's you know the best you know for this situation. And they do a lot of advice. I really enjoy listening to them. And... I don't always agree, but I like seeing the new perspectives that they bring to me. Nice. And and to all you fledgling DMs out there, I, I have disadvantage on my charisma checks right now from Blue Moon. <laughs> but yeah, if, if you are new, stick to it. You're great. Uh, if you are a DM who is obstinately just making this because it's easy or you don't want to give them this info, then you're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I also want to add to that the the other um, YouTube channel that I really love that has a lot of like beginner and uh, intermediate advice is the Don't Stop Thinking YouTube channel. He does great videos on like mm. class guides and world building and all that stuff. I mean, he's it's a really fun uh, channel to follow. 
especially if you're just like new to the game. So that's awesome. And also, don't be lazy. Go read some old literature. Shakespeare's brilliant at this. He's been doing it for a lot. He did a lot longer before we were there. Let's move it along, guys. Here for a new segment on Dice Advice. We're going to call this one, How's My House Rule? This one comes to us from Litsa. You can always use a reaction to try and jump in the way of an attack on an adjacent friend or ally. Hate it. Do you hate it? It steps on toes. I'm pretty sure there is... Isn't there a uh, the shield either a shield thing or a battle master thing that essentially lets you sense it? I think something like that, but it's already in the system. Eh, I just don't like it. I saw a conversation about this very similarly thing, and this house rule came up, and one of the caveats to it, which I loved, and I would include this house rule if this caveat was allowed, was you take the damage in full. No resistances are applied. Okay. Okay. I can kind of get behind yeah, that. So you're saying if you there's no there's no chance of, of missing this damage. If you decide you're taking this, you're taking it full on. Yeah, no reason and you don't resistance. So if you're a barbarian rage and you take the damage, it'll keep your rage going, but you don't get your resistance to it because you're taking it. You're you're eating it up. And we're saying auto hit on it then. Auto hit, yeah. That's important, I think. Yeah. I, um at first glance I like this one, but I do you think it does step on toes now that I'm looking at it? There I, are other I'm not worried that- about the stepping on toes. I'm worried about you get somebody with like 32 AC just tanking everything for everybody. True. Like some weird uh like paladin barbarian mixture with massive you know AC resistance to everything. Yeah. And lay on hands for themselves. If you have some sort of trait that allows you to reduce damage, then it's like null and void. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good caveat. I, I believe that was probably from somebody else kind of bouncing mm-hmm. back from this house rule. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Yeah. Brad, you kind of turned me around and I'm glad <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're here because that, that's, but that's, I mean, why, it, that's why we do it this. doesn't have to be like a tank, though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like it just it, let's just imagine your your group of uh, companions are out there on the battlefield and it's, um, you know, a wizard. Who has like fifteen hit points, but the his buddy the rogue has two. You know, how about mm-hmm. this? What if uh, maybe I'm coming at it from a different angle? Maybe uh, what what if we got rid of the word always? You can, under certain circumstances, use a reaction to try to jump in the way. But maybe who's determining those circumstances. Yeah, def- definitely the definitely the DM prior to the game. I wouldn't say at the at at the time of of jumping. I would say the DM would say, you can do this. Hmm. Well, that wouldn't really be a house rule, would it? I mean, that's pretty much like it, it, you can do that. <laughs> like that's just D and D. If I yeah, wanted I guess to jump, you're right. in, yeah, right. If I wanted to jump in the way of an attack, I can ask my DM if I if I can if he allows yeah. it. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I'm. I was kind of thinking more of along the lines of like you set up a precedent of like if this person's under, uh, you know, half HP or something along those lines. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. I do actually that would you know the, I don't know if this was in 3.5 but uh it was in fourth which don't hate me uh the like bloodied <laughs> status you know under if you were yeah. under like a fourth of your either half or a fourth of your uh HP you had the bloodied status so that could you know a similar trigger you know if a character is bloodied you can use a reaction for this I mean yeah. you can add 
add rule, add you know, house rule the bloodied status in there, and then add that caveat. So like if, you're, if, you're, if one of your uh, buddies is bloodied and they're about to get hit, you can jump in front of them, the attack, yeah. and and defend them. Actually, let once, me once per encounter. Uh, yeah, I think that's a. I think limiting it. I think every turn. Would once be per session. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one, let me, one character, one once per session. Let me clarify. I guess my my stance on this a little bit more. As a player, I would find it useful. In a general game theory, looking at the game just as it is, that's where I don't like it. As a player, I would definitely find it useful and definitely would take advantage of it. And I think we have to watch out for that because we're. I think most of us are coming. You know, most of us are coming from a player angle at this point. I've uh, been doing a lot more playing than running things. So I think I, I just want to chomp at the bit when I see a homebrew item or a house rule that's going to lean in my favor. If this was a house rule and I started and I started seeing you guys abuse it, I would be very inclined to do more save or die type techniques. I gotcha. I gotcha. So, and, and I think also it's fair to say that this is a house rule that needs other house rules possibly to prop it up to be workable. Well, we didn't develop a rating system for this uh, for this new segment yet, so let's just say uh, we're going to give this one two uh, two New York thumbs down so far. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, let's go. Let's go uh, zero to ten, like we do our homebrew items. Uh, we could do yeah, nay, or gray. Yeah, yeah, nay, <laughs> or gray. I like that. I like that. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so let's. Yeah, this one's a little dicey. I mean, I'm going to go gray. I'm going to go nay. There's already rules that created that character. Nay as well. And a reluctant nay from me. Oh, you guys, you guys really threw me under the bus there. Yeah. You like, you like those wheels on your back? <laughs> yeah. I, you know thump, what? Thump. I've never been a really uh, bent under peer pressure. So I'm going to stick you, with my gray. You stalwart. You, you stalwart. I, I yeah, I kind of caved on this one, but, stalwart but Vanguard, you guys, you guys did talk me out, but I, I, I just want to like it. I mean, I want to use it, but I, I think, think it's like, cool. I mean, it, you know, again, that's our caveat, right? Whatever works at your table, you if, know, I think uh, I like, yeah, man, let's let's stroke the DM some more. But I think if Saul was running this game, he could make that work and not let us abuse it. I think if we got, you know, Uncle Jimbo, who's not letting anybody do investigation roles in town, it might not go so well. I think. And again, too, like making this a house rule is kind of kind of silly because if we're in a battle and I want to jump in front of an ally to protect him from an attack, I'm going to try to do it. And the DM is going to tell me if I can or can't based on the situation. That's a fair point. And I actually I didn't pick up on that 100 percent when you said it the first time. So if you basically the DM is going to make you do a, a um, something, something to check. Yeah, you're going to have to do a skill check. You're going to have to like perform that, you know, ability. Acrobatics. The DM, yeah, yeah, the DM's going to tell you whether or not you succeed or fail. I, I think I think that the house rule itself is just kind of like you're basically saying, hey, you can attack and get uh, success on every attack roll. You know, nice. like that's an option. You, you you know in in the game you're going to attack and you may succeed or fail but this is like giving you a guaranteed success on an action yeah Ugh, that's, that's again, like i say it's gray it's gray awesome yeah i'm gonna stick with nay um if you would like us to shoot the shit out of your home <laughs> your house rule, <laughs> <laughs> please please feel free to uh, reach out and let us know what you're trying 
We'll totally, we'll totally terrorize and destroy it. Jesse, where could they uh, reach out to us at? You guys can find us at Lore Seller on Twitter, at Seller Lore on Facebook, thesellerlore.com, or you can email us at thesellerlore at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's move on to our tried and true segment. This one's called Homebrew Items. Do they suck or are they rad? All right, guys, this one comes to us from Diogo. This is called The Baron's Blade, and there's a whole backstory involved with this one. Um, uh, it's based off of a character called Baron Samedi. We're going to kind of uh, skim around the sides with this one and just get into the nitty gritty of the item, I think, if that's fair. The Baron's Blade is labeled as a weapon, rare. One of its features is called inconspicuous. When used during a stealth attack, you can add uh, plus four to hit and plus two to damage. Uh, one of the other features is called Necromancer's Enchantment. Due to enchantments put on its bone blade, roll an additional 1d6 necrotic damage on a hit. And the third is the Baron's Will. If players kept Baron Samedi satisfied, the Baron will not allow him to die, keeping him unconscious instead. I guess that's pretty much dependent on your DM and <laughs> what type of backstory is involved there. And I think uh, you could probably twist this around to any any format that would fit your campaign. Uh, let's roll straight into the actions. Actions for this uh, weapon. Stab. Melee weapon attack. 1d8 damage. And Samedi's Blessing. Once per long rest, when in view of skeletal or zombified creatures, push nails into player's own skin for 2d8 damage to call Baron Samedi and bring back 1d6 creature souls back to the other side. This creature, these creatures, cannot be resurrected again. So again, it's a little bit campaign specific there but i think you can kind of play around with it in your own space all right right out the bat i want to call point of order on the wording here uh push nails into players own skin now i i'm pretty sure this is meant to be pc <laughs> yeah is this character? meant to be a joke is this meant to be like a unglued magic the gathering card or something like, this is characters crazy. maybe characters own skin would be the better way to do it yeah Doc, are you okay over there? Yo, I gotta. Back these spirits. Oh, I mean, honestly, I'm gonna say it makes a lot of sense because Barrett Samdi is allegedly like you know a character of Haitian voodoo lore, mm -hmm. so it, it makes a lot of sense that it would be like pushing nails into the player's skin like that. Something, it yeah, seems like you. that's probably what this person is intending. Yeah, but at the same time, not the player, the character. <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and the second other thing I think that was just an oversight uh, for yeah. the, the stab action. Nice. Uh, well, that part and the stab action. Uh, pretty sure that's supposed to be 1d8, probably piercing damage. Uh, yeah, there's there's no damage bad. type listed there. Uh, looking at the image, uh, it, it looks like a piercing blade. So I would say piercing for sure. Yeah, it does yeah. remind me. It does remind me a lot of the Assassin's Creed blade, obviously. But it's got some stank on it. I think it's kind of. I mean, yeah, you're right. It does have some stank on it. <laughs> Literally, I mean, the bones made are, out of blade. <laughs> are there any bad? Like, are there any you know negative effects here? That's the question. Like, what's the bad? What's the bad with the good? Right. Yeah, I'm not really seeing any trade off here, except for the fact I, I'm kind of thinking of it possibly if your campaign is not uh, Semedi friendly, maybe it's. Um, Maybe it's a, a warlock type weapon. Maybe it's something along those lines where you have a pact with that deity of whatever, you know, you know what I'm saying? Here's yeah. the thing. This gives the DM a lot of power. When you look into the 
little the upper area where it says it can that they can call for favors. That is an open ended invitation to ruin your day. Yeah, because we don't necessarily like how can you trust this deity or, or whoever mm. it is like, you know, it, <clears throat> there's no ne there's no guarantee that he's going to give you the accurate information or he's going to help you in a net positive way. Oh, I, like yeah, I didn't even see that. That's a, that's it, a good that's a good uh, DM DM spin. Yeah, I, I, it's right there. Yeah, the, the the Baron would gift them a weapon so long as they did certain requests for him for all eternity. That's that's I mean, I don't think you get more open ended than that. Maybe that's a part of the lore I should have read, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so in addition to this, sometimes for characters, death is better than living. Um, if you're playing a certain level, for example, if we were to have you guys be at like seventh, sixth or seventh level, you gain the first uh, resurrect, like bring something back to life type spell. Right now. I'm trying to think, actually, the first level that you get a spell back that can bring somebody back to death. It's late. Um, I know it's I know it's late without the body, because the big issue is like, let's say you guys are playing at a higher end level, right? And your body gets, let's say you fall into a pit. A true resurrection spell could just bring you back. Because you're dead. But if the weapon is keeping you alive, you can't be resurrected. You're just constantly in that state of undeath. Ugh. I mean, what if you're stuck in like a Sarlacc pit? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If they want to bring you back for a, you know, a mini series or something, that's mm -hmm. useful. But no, no. I mean, but I mean, I did. I have read a few of the extended <laughs> universe. It doesn't yeah, exist no, anymore. The Sarlacc pit, you know, you, you're basically being digested for a ridiculous amount of time. And you don't die because you're being kept there. You guys yeah. ever heard that song by AMC Chris? Oh, He's yeah. He's on my oh. itch. You know, I shoot to get. Got Patinas at Katinas right there. Lick my lusty lips. Aqua Teen Hunger Force when he was on there. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right. So can, can we talk about Samdi's blessing? Right. What does he mean yeah, by let's this? Let's do that. You, you bring back 1D6 creatures' souls to the other side. What does that mean? Like, are they, I'm, can they fight for you? Like, what, what's I'm assuming happening? that those undead just die. I interpret it as it just directly just straight up kills those creatures. 1D6. Like a cleric's creatures. divine whatever thing that he can yeah. do. Do we, we, do we have any Naruto fans in, in the crowd? Yes. Moment? yes. Uh, yes. I mean, I think we're, maybe we're talking, you know, end of Naruto where they've been, all these characters have been resurrected when they're getting sealed. So they're no longer can be resurrected. Maybe it's something like that. You're talking about the, uh, the resurrected Hokages and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But like the after where um, they're, they're they, resealed um, and they can yeah, no the longer be resurrected. Turn it straight. Yeah, they, the seals break and then they just turn back to the dead bodies they're made out of. Yep, yep. So basically turn undead, but basically it destroys the zombies. Yeah. Because it brings them back from the other side, meaning they're not zombies anymore, so I guess. my I, only concern about this is that it says skeletal or zombified. And so that concerns me. I don't understand what is the limit, so to speak. Well, how so? So, for example, so take, um, you know, a uh, zombified, so zombified, a skeletal or zombified creature, right? A, a lich is a, a zombified creature. 
or or at least at the very least probably a skeletal creature can that kill that was more yeah. like a magic magic uh creature like i mean they are yeah. undead so i mean yeah i, I, I see where Sal's right. coming i mean the ability to potentially uh for all intents and purposes kill and you know prevent them from coming back up to six liches that's if that's where that that use case that's scary <sighs> I would I would think that'd have to be up to the DM's discretion right there because like uh, honestly I would say this could be only used on literally skeletons or right. zombies literal, or literal zombies low like, level if if they're zombies or skeletons like if that's their creature type I would say yes yeah I mean uh, that I I don't know where ghouls fall in D and D at this point me neither that's been a while undulled, or undulled, undead. And I think this is kind of like I said, I, I maybe I, I should apologize because I didn't really read all the lore for it to you guys. But I Damn think it, it might. What the fuck is your problem, man? <laughs> I think together. what I'm thinking is what's dark in this backpack. I'm reading with a flashlight. What I'm thinking. Is that the foghorn calling? Never let go, Jack. <laughs> it might be. It might be my turn to get my temperature taken pretty soon, but it's hot as balls in here. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I think. Um, I think just as a, a melee weapon, if if you strip away the supernatural effects, this thing's pretty dope. Um, just the fact that it's uh, just I mean, for flavor. I mean, it's really acting the same as a dagger or what have you, but it does have that bonus damage for stealth. Just as a regular melee weapon, strip away the supernatural. It's pretty cool for a rogue. I think it would be a really cool. Yeah. Any, any character. Uh, really well, actually, one. Now, now, I'm not sure if this is something. Now, is this an enchantment or would this specifically be a weapon? Because if this is a, a straight up weapon, uh, Rogue wouldn't work for it. Uh, point being, uh, reason being, it doesn't have finesse. Oh, so you're using. But how do you know? It's, oh, you well, are using. It's going strength? on what it's listed here. It's, it, you know. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, it didn't specify. So, so yeah, we could we could also kind of rate it that way too. Because if he if he did intend it to be able to be used, he didn't put it that way. You're right. Yeah, I'm I, gonna it, say I'm gonna say it's just way too complicated. The, the, like, who wants this? I I feel like this is a way. This this item is way too complicated. It's got bit, so much. It's got yeah. so much stank on it. I, I don't even want. <laughs> I don't even want to fuck with it. Honestly, even more stank than the uh, than the corpse on the staff. <laughs> yeah and necrotic is a damage type that is resisted pretty frequently i mean so bonus damage is still bonus damage but it, the, the typing isn't great hmm. i'm with you i'm with you let's put it to a vote uh let me let me abstain for the for the first round let me see what the room smells like <laughs> what i mean i got to like... <laughs> let's see where the how much um... stank you guys put on this uh, now are we going uh one out of ten on this what, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, this, this is ten. always one out of ten. Yep. I give it three skeletons. That's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, I'm actually going to go right there with it, uh, with three poker knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, um, let's see, 4.5 voodoo dolls. Mm. Ooh, okay. Nice. I'm going to go with. Um, Let's do three swan dives off of high towers into piles of hay. <laughs> <laughs> did you happen to unlock the map right before you did that? <laughs> <laughs> Every time. 
Awesome, guys. Uh, let's let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's call it a night. I got to get my temperature taken and get cracking on this vacation. Uh, this episode was brought to you, as always, by Slappy's Peanut Butter, the thinnest, wateriest peanut butter that you will ever purchase, and the newly formed Jim and Nancy's Jam Jar Emporium. Yes, we have jars. Now we have more. <laughs> I have a couple... And I have a couple notes here that say we might have other uh, a couple new uh, new add-ons to the sponsor list, which is warm warms my heart, warms the cockles of my heart. Well, it seems like we just got a new uh, new email from a aspiring new organization. It's called Petma, People for the Ethical Treatment of Magical Animals, and they write: Are you tired of seeing innocent magical creatures slaughtered by craven adventurers looking for basilisk fangs and phoenix tears? Are you annoyed when a cloaked stranger approaches you seeking information about the last unicorn in the nearby forest? Then bend no more and stand with the people for ethical treatment of magical animals. We're the death-saving throw for those that can't make them. Join us, Petma. God bless you, Petma. Uh, I will actually be uh, featured in uh, the calendar for Petma, posing naked. So uh, keep (laughs) an eye out for that. I, I got a, a. Is there a pre-order link? Oh, I'll send it to you directly. Don't worry. I'm searching. I don't <laughs> worry. I'm gonna find it before you send it. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> Thank you so much, Peppa, for your support. And we will. Uh, win, hopefully, we can bring some of our listeners to your very just cause. And I know. Uh, I know. Cold and flu season is around. Uh, you know, a bit of an understatement, but I know. <laughs> I know there's some upper respiratory problems going around. Is there anything that uh, might be able to assuage those fears? <laughs> Whoa, are, are you talking about Grandpa Sal's cough medicine? <laughs> I've heard of it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, buddy, that will put some some lead in your pencil for, <laughs> for sure. It'll it'll bring you back to uh, where you used to be. Honestly, I I I I swear by it. I mean, it, it, you know, they used to put some uh, whiskey and sugar on my teaspoon when I was a baby, but. Screw that. Grandpa sells cough medicine. That's where it's at. It's more whiskey than sugar. It's more whiskey than sugar. (coughs) Sounds like you could use some Grandpa Sal's. (coughs) I actually just took a shot of it. Oh, yeah. That's a a healing Uh, cough. Yeah, Brad, I think the logo is just a picture of Doc as a child. Pretty sure they're holding him upside down. (laughs) Oh, is it your your Grandpa Sal? I didn't realize that. That's great. Send him a well, yeah. I'll send I'll send him your regards. Yeah, thank Tom. Tom. <laughs> he just he just sits in his basement, <laughs> in his house. He's like, "Hey, hey, Jake, get in here. You have a cough medicine. Smell it. Say hi now, to your grandpa. Say hello to your grandpa. This cough medicine. One for me. One for the cough bottle. <laughs> yeah." We're gonna have to put. You just say, "Ma, no, I, I, I don't want any more whiskey, Ma." And she's just like, "It's good for you." Grandpa says. <laughs> we're gonna have to put. We're gonna have to put him in contact with Jim and Nancy's Jam Jar Emporium. I think they could work out some beautiful synergy together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. synergy from the ground up. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, uh, Jesse, I am really loving our wonderful sponsors. We have such a range, and they are just so generous. It, it's really it's really interesting to me because I, I, I this this podcast has just been 
such a blessing in, in so many ways. But can you imagine that if we, all of these sponsors have nothing to do with tabletop role playing games whatsoever? Right. It's just but fantastic. If, but if but only if we had a sponsor that actually cared about tabletop role playing game in general, like that and would be great. Yeah, and if that's you, maybe you can reach out to us. You can find us at <laughs> you can find us at Laura Seller on Twitter, at Seller Lore on Facebook. You can go to our website at thesellerlore.com. Or once again, you can email us at thesellerlore at gmail.com. If we can sell your product, send us some free shit. <laughs> and most recently we've opened an office right in the same room with Sal. Yeah. He's down there in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> in his in his uh, tank top and boxer shorts, <laughs> back in his recliner, he him and Lisa are in. <laughs> Is the heat set to like eighty two? Because you know. <laughs> no shit. Oh duh. Well, that that explains how a lot. old dudes are. That explains a lot. I haven't heard Lisa call you know, for like the, a month. There is our old guy demographic. Yeah, <laughs> nailing the old guy demographic. And interns, interns are offended. Too. <laughs> well, <laughs> where is Gary? This? By the way, has anybody seen Gary the intern? Gary, wait, when did we hire Gary? Wait, he he wasn't working out. Oh, oh okay, right. Don't oh, worry, yeah. his body won't be found. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I... <laughs> the Pine Barrens. The Pine Barrens? Oh, that's a, oh, that's a Jersey thing. That's a Jersey. It's a Jersey thing. Don't reveal the shit, man. <laughs> it's a Jersey thing. Forget about it. All right. Thank you guys very much for joining us for another cough-free episode of Dice Advice. Uh, let's go around the table since we didn't do that in the beginning. I'm Jesse, your host. I'm John, your lovable fuzzy wuzzy. <laughs> I'm Saul, and apparently the token for tonight. <laughs> and I'm Brad, your bestest boy. And until next time, slather yourself in peanut butter. We could probably. Wait, I mean, too. we could probably do another one. Do you guys do okay? I'm feeling yeah, pretty I'm good. good. I want to get another drink. Well, as long as you guys don't think I'm steering the car sideways across the road, take us off the fucking cliff, bro. <laughs>